No doubt, no doubt, it's your man, DJ Wiz. Welcome to the Wiz Show Overtime. Tonight, we have a hot show for you, no doubt. On this show tonight, with me, we have contemporary gospel singer, songwriter, and, hear me now, and author, Natalie J. That's right. Natalie J is in the house with your man, DJ Wiz. I'm hyped. It's going to be a good conversation. So if you're ready, without further ado, Help me welcome my sister in Christ to the show, Miss Natalie J. Hey, hey, hey! Wiz, so glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, my sister? What's going on, family? I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Ah, uh, no, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for taking time out to be on the great show. Over Absolutely. So uh, as we get started, um, let the viewers know a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so it's interesting that you introduced me as a singer, songwriter, and author. Not many people even go that deep. Let me tell you, you did your research. But first of all, before we get into me, let me tell you about, let me give you your kudos. Blessings and blessings and shout out to you for a great show, being a great host, YouTube channel, all of that. But let me tell you, this intro had me so hyped. I was hype off the intro. I love the intro. So thank you for, for giving me some something to kind of amp me up before we get on to the into the interview portion. But yes, so I'm Natalie J, singer, songwriter. I am from Lexington, Tennessee, small town country girl. I currently live in Memphis, Tennessee, um, where I live with my husband and my two children. I have an eight-year-old and a six-month-old, so I have a newborn keeping me on my toes. But um, I began singing at the age of nine years old, singing in the church. My grandmother put me in the community choir, gospel community choir. It was called the Agape Choir. And I remember the first song that I ever led was I'll Fly Away. So here I am, this nine-year-old little girl singing this very mature, deep, serious gospel song. Didn't know then what it means. Didn't learn until I was a lot older uh, what the song I'll Fly Away meant. But you, it, it didn't matter. You could have given me a microphone and had me sing the ABCs, but, you know, I was just happy to be singing. Grew up to start writing music at the age of 15, continued um, singing and um, singing in the choir and on the praise and worship team. So I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where I joined the Olive Branch Missionary Baptist Church. And um, there, um, Pastor Vinny, was the pastor of the church. And so once I got married, my husband moved me right on over here to Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, here in Memphis, I, I currently lead praise and worship and sing on the praise team at Breath of Life Christian Center where Dr. Sammy Holloway is the pastor. And things are great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Wow. As I was looking at your bio, you know, God has really, uh, really blessed you. And I noticed that your grandfather was a preacher, huh? My grandfather was a preacher, yes. So actually, um, both of my grandfathers, I mentioned my maternal my grandfather, my mother's dad, who's a preacher. That's who I grew up in the household with. Um, he was my grandfather who passed away in 2006. But my uh, my father's father is also a preacher. So I had it double time. So church oh <laughs> was not an yeah. option. The girl <laughs> had to be in church. It was not an option. <laughs> and so, so I was I was there for every event, honey. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Can't call you a, a 
PK. I can call you a PGK. Thank you. I, you know what? I thought I was the only one that used that term. I use PGK all the time. We are here. I yeah. you, we are here. Yep, PGK, yep, yep. I call myself that all the time. That is so funny. Yes, PGK times two. So um, how was it like growing up, you know, having a, a grandfather as a preacher? You know, because yeah. uh, as you look back, you know, preachers back then, they it was old school. They were serious. Very, very much so. It's funny <laughs> because the, the 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 preacher that I got growing up was so different than what my mom and my aunts, because he had three daughters and my mom had three daughters. It was all mm-hmm. And so um, the preacher that I got, the grandfather that I got was much more soft. He was a whole lot softer than what they got growing up in terms of the, the firm and the strict grandfather. Like our grandfather, like, he literally melt in our hands. Wow. So I played basketball. I played basketball. I also played college basketball. But uh, my grandfather, he always came to my games. And he was this quiet, very, like, serious man mm-hmm. that I could always tell when he was so proud. Like, he would always sit on the front row of the games. And so when I would get home, he would always leave. So I would stay for the boys' game. So by the time I would get home, he was already there situated and settled and ready to give me his feedback. But it always ended up so, like, encouraging and and he just made me feel like I could tell he was so proud and and you know it was just it was just a softer guy that I got you know growing up because you know we were the grandkids you know what I mean and so you know the grand the grandparents always spoil the grandkids we never really got spoiled but he was a lot softer he wasn't as firm on us as he was my mom and my aunts it's funny you say that because you know when I look back because I have you know older children and how, how I discipline them versus the grandchildren is like a 360. Absolutely. Like you said, they just pretty much like melt yes. in my hands, my arms. Yeah. You know? And then my daughters be like, Dad, you didn't treat us that way. Yeah, no, why are you treating them like that? Say, hey, exactly. these are my grandchildren now. Hold exactly. On, my- <laughs> you didn't let us get away with that. We used to get away with so much. <laughs> so much but one thing he he did not play about now he wasn't just this like overbearing type but he didn't play about the bible and knowing scriptures mm-hmm. he would he would say i need you to recite this at the drop of a of a dime and you needed to be able to recite it and he didn't play about the bible Whoa. so yes we had to have devotion outside of church devotion we had to have okay. at home and and bible time and scripture and prayer all of that like he was he was really serious about us knowing and and, and learning and understanding the bible and interpreting it for ourselves right because you know a lot of times you go to church and you're allowing the minister or the pastor or who's ever preaching at the time to recite and give you these scriptures and and they can interpret it their own way and what right. you know is relevant and relates to them and that's fine but you also need to be able to understand it and interpret it you know in your own way and so he did instill that in us in terms of knowing the bible for ourselves instead of relying on others to to teach that to us so I yeah that. that that built your foundation absolutely to where you are today absolutely absolutely wow also, I was looking at the bio and it said uh, like you were the youngest lead singer in the choir. Yeah, I was. I was nine years old. And, and it's so funny because they, <laughs> when I say they, the people in the choir, I mean, they, I mean, it ranged from like t- mid 20s and up. So I was like by far the youngest individual. But 
the way that I am now and just being, you know, outgoing and just, mm-hmm. you know, not a shy bone in my body. My grandmother was like, we're about to, we're about to, we about to channel this energy and she likes to sing. So we about to do something with all this little girl's energy. Cause I was just on fire and they was like, well, you're going to be on fire. You're going to be on fire for the Lord. And I said, amen. All right, let's do it. And so it put me in the choir and, and looking back and talking to people who was in the choir with me, because my aunts always sing on both of my sides, also mm-hmm. on both sides of my family. But they said I was the most annoying child <laughs> because, because I wanted to no. sing. No. Right, right. <laughs> Because I wanted to sing and lead all of the songs. And when I didn't get to lead the songs, I would cry. Really? <laughs> wow. I was like, I was like, really? <laughs> just like, you would cry and you would pitch your feet and you would just like pout. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I was like, terrible. no, you didn't give my spot away. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, so. I'll Fly Away was one of my songs. So I knew, you know, I'd always be like, I got to go to our choir director. Her name is Margie um, Simpson. I'll never forget. Um, she was such an inspiration and has been, you know, since growing up and doing music and writing music. But I would always go to her when we would go visit other churches and have performances. I'm like, can we sing I'll Fly Away? And it was so hard for her to say no. But she would find a way to like gently let me down. But mm-hmm. I can only take so many no's now. I'm like, listen now. <laughs> I'm keeping up with the nose. You done told me no three times now. Mm-hmm. We're gonna sing I'll fly away. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm recording it. I'm recording I, it. I am tallying up these <laughs> nose. <laughs> but no, it was fun. You know what I mean? It was it was a lot of the singers who were passionate about church and God and music. They we came together and we had this, I mean, and what was enormous what felt enormous to me at nine years old. Um, probably about 50 members in in this um community choir. And to me, I just, I was like, oh my goodness, we sound so good. But of course I was nine years old. So I was a little biased. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And also said that, um, you began writing poetry in fifth grade. I did in fifth grade. I'll never forget. Um, Miss Brown was my teacher. She's African-American. And she was like, Natalie, you, you know, your English and, um, all of that is so good. You should think about writing in this poetry um, competition that we're going to have. And I'm like, poetry? Like, I'm not into poetry. Like, I'm not a poet. Like, just because I make good English grades doesn't mean I'm going to write poetry. (laughs) And so I remember um, thinking about, what did I want to write about? What do I want to write about? And so I remember writing about courage. I don't know what made me want to write about courage, but I wrote about courage. And I won the, the, the competition. Yeah. I won the competition in fifth grade. And and so that kind of gave me the inspiration and the and the you know the kind of motivation to kind of continue writing poetry. And so that's strictly how it continued. And so Miss Brown continued to, you know, encourage me, keep writing, keep writing. It could take you places, you know, it could do so much with your writing. And she was, she was just so encouraging and positive. And um she and her husband there, I mean, they're such a huge influence in in my hometown. But um in terms of children, you know, doing and furthering their education and and attending. HBCUs. Um, and so um continue to write and mm-hmm. to write my first song at 15. Now it wasn't a gospel song. It was what what listen, it was what one my grandmama and granddad said it was it was a worldly song. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a gospel song. <laughs> I remember this song was called Thinking and Back, Thinking Back, and it was about <laughs> my boyfriend and it was so mature and I was just like oh my goodness and so 
anyways, long story short, I continued to write music and, mm-hmm. you know, local artists would, would ask me, hey, I'm, I'm singing at this, you know, wedding or this, you know, the funeral. I would like to read a lot of songs for individuals who sung at funerals. I don't know what that was all about, but um, <laughs> I would... I don't know. And so I'd write the songs for them. They're like, uh-huh. okay, this is great. And, and they would take and they would sing my songs just for free. I mean, small town country girl, you know, everybody knew me as Natalie, the little girl who sang in the choir. And so they'd be like, can you help me write a song? Or can you write me a song? Or can you help me come up with this hook? And I'm like, yeah, like easy. I could do that in my sleep. And so that's how it started, honestly, writing music. Oh man, that's awesome! Like I said, your your whole bio is so inspiring, you know, and and, and it's it's got all in it. Thank you, thank you. And and you know what was like, honestly, I did. I've I've always known and and had no choice, like I said, but to attend and be in church and church and God in me. Um, But I've always felt this sense of purpose that. I just couldn't like, you know, kind of put your finger on. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself like, even though, like, like I said, attending church events and functions was not an option. So as I, as I went to college and I sang in the community choir, I remember when I had probably been out of college for about two, three years, maybe somewhere in there. Okay. Um, recently graduated college. And I remember straying. And when I say I strayed, I stopped singing I stopped attending. Absolutely. I stopped attending church and I was just buck wild like (laughs) out there. I am. I'm very transparent. I am all the way real deal. Holyfield. Okay. Do you hear me? I was out like gone, like doing you name it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I remember going back home and I was ashamed to like tell my grandmother and my grandfather, you know, not only am I no longer in church, but I'm no longer singing because that was my grandmother's biggest thing. Every time I went home and I did, mm-hmm. I went home often. She'd be like, uh, what songs y'all sing? And she would always want to listen to her because we were record our rehearsals. Let me hear your rehearsal. Let's hear the rehearsals. What did you guys practice and what did you guys sing? And so when I would go back and I would tell her, you know, well, granny, I'm not singing right now. What you know, it was just so hard for me to share with her. And she would always be like, God's going to take your gift. He's going to take that gift. He's going to take your gift. And so I always felt guilty and ashamed. Like, oh, my goodness, God is going to mm-hmm. strip my voice and 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 my ability to write music. He's going to he's going to take it away from me. You know what I mean? Like God's going to, you know, punish me for not using my gift and exercising, exercising what he gave to me. So fast forward. Um, went back to church, but I wasn't singing in the choir. Okay. And I went back to church and, and I wasn't singing in the choir. And, and I'm one of those individuals where it's like where if if I'm not feeling it and I'm not 100 percent in, I'm not going to do it. You're not going to do it. I'm not going to yeah. do it. I'm not going to yeah. do anything half heartedly or or at 50 percent or 90 percent. If I'm not 100 percent in it and my heart's not in it, I'm not going to do it because I'm going to feel like it's not fake and it's not genuine. And I did not want anyone, let alone God receiving half or part of me. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? And so I attended church and I was still reading up on my Bible and the word, but I just was not singing. I did not feel led to, to mm-hmm. sing. And so went fast forward um, to moving to Memphis, continued to sing in the choir. And 2019, 
And so at this point, my grandfather had passed and my grandmother passed in 2018, 18. And so um, my Walking grandmother passed. And so both of them had, thank you. So both of them had passed. So 2019 and so now we're encouraged we're encountering a lot of like rough years mm-hmm. at this point like 18 my grandmother passed then 19 <clears throat> my husband and i found out we had a six-year-old son chase and we found out that we were having another baby girl and so um excited we have been praying for two years for this baby excited to be having this baby and we knew it was a girl we knew that we were going to name her cooper cooper danielle mm-hmm. um was her name and so everything was going great with the pregnancy again this is 2019 and so um i remember waking up one morning and my water broke mm-hmm. it was really early too early for me to be going into labor and i lost the baby i had to deliver her stillborn <clears throat> oh, wow. and so i lost i lost the baby and so um again back to back years of just trials and just obstacles and and just devastation is what i was experiencing at this point and so i remember my sister calling me and she was you know trying to be encouraging and because that was always my grandmother's role Mm -hmm. anytime natalie was going through anything like they knew to call granny and granny was the only sounding board or voice of reasoning for natalie only when i say only and so at this point she was gone for about a year now. And so um, my sister called me and she tried and she was like, you know, God has, she couldn't get past God has. Mm-hmm. I remember screaming at her and telling her, I don't want to hear anything about God. I don't want to hear about God. I don't want you to say anything to me about God. Cause it's the same God that I prayed to for two years to bless me with the baby that he is now taking from me. This is the space that I was in. Yeah, yeah, I, was in I understand. A place of hurt and despair and pain and devastation, and so I mourned. I mourned like I had never mourned before for this baby. And and again, I was I was still grieving my grandmother at the same time because I didn't properly grieve her passing because I've always tried to to put on this strong black woman persona and not mm-hmm. allow anyone to see me break or crack or, or hurt or broken. Right. Um, because that's just always been me. I've always been an upbeat person that 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 brings sunshine and a smile to everyone else's face. And so I never want anyone to see me in a bad space. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. um, I went home and I just was not present for my husband and for my six-year-old son. And our home felt so dark and cold during that time because I wasn't functioning. I wasn't functioning as a mother, as a wife. And I was just grieving. I was grieving so much of of myself, um, questioning God. I was very, very angry, very angry with God. And so I remember a few days had passed and I hadn't showered. I hadn't done. And again, I'm sharing everything because I am. I'm that type of person. Mm -hmm. I'm transparent. And so... I remember getting up to shower and I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself. It was like I was looking in the mirror and I knew I was looking in the mirror, but I didn't recognize the person that was looking back at me. And it was the strangest feeling. And so I remember hearing God's voice. And so growing up, I've experienced the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit and, Mm -hmm. and what it felt like. But I've never heard his voice. I had never heard his voice. And so that morning moment. He told me to write. And so at this point, I hadn't written anything in years. 
when I say I hadn't written anything in years, I hadn't written anything in years. I hadn't written anything. And so at the time, I wasn't thinking music. I wasn't thinking he wanted me to write music. And so I began to journal my thoughts and my feelings in terms of what I was feeling regarding the loss of the baby at that time. So that's what I was writing. And so I began writing and that writing actually turned into music. And so it's, it's I, and I, and I, and I look back then and I think now like God is so intentional. He's so mm-hmm. intentional. And so three days passed and I had already written the six songs, six songs in three days. And again, I hadn't written in years. I hadn't written music in years. So three days passed, I wrote six songs, which are the six songs that's on my debut EP titled Broken Masterpiece. Broken, broken Masterpiece. masterpiece. Yeah. Yes, Broken Masterpiece. Um, it, it's kind of self-explanatory. Like in that moment, those songs <clears throat> are a reflection of how I felt and how broken I was and how even though I was broken, God was picking up the pieces and putting me all back together and, and forming the masterpiece that 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 is me. And so um, I'm so thankful because the way that I'm talking about it and able to to explain and talk through everything without getting emotional or sad mm-hmm. is nowhere near where I was in that moment or or even a year ago because I it was really tough for me to talk through it, but it just shows God's intentionality, his my growth and and his strength that that he's given me, the strength that he's given me. And and I am. I have no doubt that that the baby Cooper, who who I conceived and who I lost, served her purpose. I never would have been able to say that in 2019 on May 23rd when I lost her. That she was never intended to be here. Her purpose was to lead me to my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Was to lead me to my purpose. Mm. <laughs> I gave birth to my purpose. <laughs> and that baby, oh, she served something so much greater. <laughs> and I can say that now because I know where I am now. I know where I right. am in my relationship with God. I know where I am now in ministering and being able to minister to people through through word and through songs. And I never ever thought like growing up as a PGK that I would be ministering to people through song or verbally, you know, in these interviews and when I have these shows, like God takes me to a place of familiarity and comfort. And that's what I realized was that years back when I was running from God, I was running from my purpose. Yep. You was already destined for that. I you was, was destined already for destined for this. Yeah. Like, and so it's, it's, it's funny because, a concert I just had on November 13th. My husband, um, he always asked me this before I perform. He's like, are you nervous? You ready? And, and I tell him the same thing. And I'm like, no, I'm not nervous. Like, I've been singing since I was nine. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. this is different. Like, it's a different space because singing and singing songs that other people have written and recorded is so much different than than singing and performing songs that you've written from the heart and that were written and birthed out of place of hurt, grief, and now like gratitude and greatness, yeah. which is this project now. You know what I mean? So it's so I'm 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 on a this is this is my assignment. Yeah. This is my assignment. I'm on assignment. And so I told my husband this last time um my concert, um, when he asked me, he was like, You nervous, you ready? And I was like, 
I was created for this. This is why I was created to share. He brought me through all of this so that I can share and help someone else overcome to, to help someone else who may have, you know, be, be falling short or losing their faith or doubting God. You know what I mean? Like he, he has brought me through it because he knew that I was strong enough to withstand the pain and the hurt and, and the heartbreak. And he knew that I would be able to minister to others and encourage them through my music and, and just sharing my testimony. Powerful. You have a powerful, powerful story. And that's what we do. That's what we do on the, on, on the overtime. We It's real talk. You know? It's real talk. It's real Real life. Talk. Real talk. And, and like I said, your story is so, so powerful, you know, how they say, you know, you raise a child up in church, you know, they may stray away, but come That's right it. back. That's it. Come right back. And you had a little bit of Job in there, yeah. you know, Absolutely. went through all those, those devastations. And Absolutely. But still, God blessed. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. And I, and I look back and I'm so grateful for, for how I was raised and the foundation that was set. And that's why it's so important. I told my husband, I said, it's so important that we establish strong Christian foundations for our children because you never know what the world and what the enemy is going to throw at them that they mm -hmm. may, you know, be, become discouraged at some point or yep. they may fall on hard times, but they need to know that regardless, God is going to always be by their side and God's mm -hmm. never going to give up on them and God is going to fight right beside them and, and he's going to help them fight their battle and overcome you know what I mean? And, and defeat the enemy. But they have to stay faithful. Even if it slips, God is going to stay right there. And he's going to be patient. Yep. God was so patient with me through my heartbreak and my heartache. He was so patient with me because I did. I was I was I was rejecting him in that moment. Like, how could you? Like, I, I prayed mm -hmm. for this baby. How could you? How could you? And he was just standing there. That just it's like I can envision him sitting there and just taking it. You know what I mean? Like, you know how you take out your, your frustration, you know what I mean? I'm like a punching bag. I could envision him just taking every punch that I was giving him, like, let it all out. Let it all out. Let it all mm -hmm. out. You'll feel better soon. Let it all out. Let it all out. I'll be your punching bag. Let it all out. And I did. I let, I let God have it. Mm -hmm. I let him have it verbally. I let him have it. I let him have it. And 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 he let me have it. Like, okay, you're done. Then this is what I have for you. This is my mm -hmm. plan. This yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, he could say, all right, you know. This is my path. You my ready? daughter, my daughter, are you finished? You <laughs> are you done? Yeah. Are you done? Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Like he was like, okay, you done now? You got it all out? Let's go. This is this is what I've been trying to show you over all these years. I've been trying to get your attention by doing this. You were, you hit this road like, and then this happened, and then this happened. This is what I've been trying to show you. That's right. And what's uh, the saying? Yeah. Our thought is not his thoughts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is so right. It's just, I, I am. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that 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 I am. I'm walking in. God's plan for me and and his will. You know what I mean? And 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 I'm glad that I finally stopped to listen and see what God was trying to show me and tell me. And I finally just said yes. Like it's so easy when you just say yes and you submit mm -hmm. and stop fighting and resisting God. 
doors were open. Yeah. He would make things so plain and so easy just by saying yes and submitting. Yep. And you were blessed with a beautiful daughter. Yes, and I was blessed with a beautiful, beautiful daughter. And so what when he do it? He honey, he did that. He did he did that. And when I say Wiz, I was so like I was so overcome with emotion because we were not trying. After we lost the baby, we our prayer was whatever your will is, God. Yeah. If you want us to have another baby, if we are destined to have another baby, great. If not, that's also great. So I had already started working on this project, mm -hmm. Promises, this next EP. I had already started working on it when I found out that I was pregnant. And when I found out I was pregnant, I just, it was like, it was an, like an out-of-body experience. Like, God, are you playing with me right now? Like, what is, what is like don't play with me god like stop playing like stop it right now like don't play with me don't play with my emotions because we've been here god like and this is not something you play with me and so i took a few tests and so i i told my husband called me i was like i think we're pregnant and he's like okay and so we'd always said if, if god allows us to be pregnant again we're just gonna take it day by day Mm -hmm. We'll take it day by day. We're not going to stress out. And it was the most stress-free, calm pregnancy. Mm. Not one issue, not one bump, not one scare, nothing. And I was high risk. I was high risk for obvious reasons because we had lost the, the other baby in such a tragic and devastating, sudden way. And so I was high risk. And so they monitored everything. Had me, you know, on, on you know, monitor, um, um, like, um, moderate moderate sorry i couldn't think of the word moderate bed rest mm -hmm. and and you know what i mean like off my feet most of the time if i didn't have to be on my feet i didn't need to be on the feet and so stress-free pregnancy and we didn't announce the pregnancy until i was 32 weeks pregnant and it was easy to hide because covid you know no one right. was right. visiting anyone most of the time when we talk to people like this is how much they would see because we'd be on video mm -hmm. and so like our parents found out our mom his mom his dad and then my parents found out at 30 weeks and then 32 uh 32 weeks so two weeks later that's when we announced it to everyone no one knew we held it no one knew like i took i took a maternity pictures we went on vacation right before the baby was born no one knew i was pregnant wow no one knew and so we surprised everyone but everyone understood like everyone understood that we wanted to you know, make sure yeah, take one day at a time. Just one yep. day at a time. We want to make sure yep. that everything was was good to go before we announced it. And so, yes, healthy, beautiful baby girl. Her name is Isley. For obvious reasons, we named her after the Isley brothers. Love the Isley brothers. Um, and so, yes, her name is Isley Ray. And it's, it's so ironic. Like, it obviously wasn't planned, but she was due June 8th. But she was born May 21st, which is Ron Isley's birthday. Wow. Okay. Mm. I said, God, you trying to tell us something? Like, what? God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had no idea. So my coworker was like, um, did you know Isley was born on Ron Isley's birthday? I was like, stop playing. And so I Googled it. And I said, I will be. Wow. wow. She's born on Ronald Isley's birthday. And so that's the story I look forward to telling her. But no, our name was picked out as soon as I found out I was pregnant. I knew I wanted to name um, her Isley, whether it was a boy or a girl. Our baby was going to be named Isley. 
Because it's just unique. It's different. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I like it. I love I like it. it. So, yeah. um, didn't know she was going to be born on one of the Isley Brothers' birthday. So there you have it. Wow. Like I said, your story is so powerful. And I know for sure whoever was watching or listening, you just ministered to them. I you appreciate know. that. Yeah, I, appreciate I know. That. I know for sure. That's powerful. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I, I love the space that God's allowing me to operate in, in a space of vulnerability and transparency. Because, Wiz, when I say your girl was not this transparent and this open to sharing two years ago, I just wasn't. And it wasn't that I was not really ashamed or I just I just wanted everyone to look at me and feel like I was just a strong individual who mm. never who never was broken or you know never went through anything like I just wanted to have this strong persona and then also like I was more so of a private person in terms of like my personal personal life you know right. what I mean so I didn't share everything you know what I mean I didn't feel like everything was for everybody you know what I mean but now I share openly and honestly and it's intended for those that it's intended for like you know what i mean there's individuals who may or may not you know like or enjoy my story or my music but it's not necessarily for them i have a number of souls that are designated to me natalie J, mm -hmm. and i'm responsible for those souls and those individuals and if you're not one of those individuals that's perfectly fine maybe you're not one of those individuals in this season but maybe next season maybe next time around I may, I may catch you with something, but until then, like I'm going to minister and share and inspire and motivate those who I'm intended to inspire. And, and, and you're so right where you, where you got, where you were saying that uh, a lot of people like to share their personal experience, mm -hmm. but it's not for us to hold. That's right. It's for us to tell. Yeah. You're right. Other people, hey, this is what I've been through. This is yeah. how God transformed me. This is why I am here today, you mm -hmm. know. If it had not been for the Lord. That's right. That's right. I remember sharing. <clears throat> Again, this is a moment of transparency. And I remember sharing the fact that I was, and this was probably a year ago. And I've never shared this with anyone outside of three people. I remember sharing um, that in my story that, I was molested by a very close family member at the age of 11. Mm. I was sexually assaulted by um, a very close family member at the age of 11 and didn't realize at the time how that affected me growing up as a child into a teenager, into a, an adulthood. I just remember thinking back, <clears throat> my mother said that, you know, again, I'm this happy, outgoing, fun and funny, like little child. But she said at, at, at around that age is when I began to be like closed off and have like somewhat of an attitude. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't looking at it that way. Like she didn't realize that I was internalizing something that had happened to me. Yeah. And so um, I remember sharing it. Um, my mom found out. My sister um found out, but those are two of very few individuals who, who knew about it. Initially, it was only three people that knew, but as <clears throat> my mom found out, so sorry, as my mom found out, um, then obviously family members found out, and we as a Black culture and community, we don't talk enough about sexual 
molestation and abuse and not true. And, You're right. And, and things like that with, especially within the family. Right. Um, it either gets ignored or it gets swept under the rug. And in my case, it was ignored. And so I took that as in, but it wasn't a big deal. People were ignoring it. Like it never happened. And so wow. I internalized all of that and it, it did, it changed me in a way. And so fast forward, we are, we are on past the, the, the preteens into the teens, into adult life until last year, 2020, I shared it. I internalized it from the age of 11 years old. That's a, that's a all long time the to way. suppress it's a long all that. Time. Yeah. And I realized that what I was internalizing was just kind of like, it was like, it was like, it was in me and it was like rotting, like rotten, like it was rotten. And just like, I needed to let it out. <clears throat> and once I let it out and I shared, I remember um, this young lady, she reached out to me and she saw where I had shared just a little fact that, you know, I had overcome and I was a survivor of sexual abuse at age mm -hmm. 11. So she reached out to me and she did an interview and I did, I poured everything out. I was very, you know, transparent and vulnerable and just honest about the whole situation. And, and she asked me about forgiveness. And I said, honestly, I was like, I didn't really think about whether or not I had forgiven him, but mm -hmm. obviously as a Christian, you have to forgive. I said, I don't hold any ill will towards, towards him at all or any, you know, bad feeling. As I've gotten older, I realize that I'm not doing anything but giving him power and mm -hmm. hurting myself and sending right. my soul to hell for holding a grudge or bad feelings towards this individual who was hurting or sick himself. So I can't do anything but forgive him, pray and move on and encourage women to do the same. <clears throat> for me, sharing it was like a relief. I was releasing all of that gunk and that stuff and 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 that stuff that, that felt like it was just like holding me down. And so I, when I released it, <clears throat> I did. I felt so light and so free. So many people reached out to me. I was like, your story, like I read your story and your article and it was just so encouraging and uplifting and and, and this is my story or this is my sister's story. And I'm trying to encourage her to do this. And there was so much. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like I was I wasn't expecting it at all. And so, of course, I responded and, you know, I shared what I shared with them in terms of like some encouragement as well as mm -hmm. some advice that they asked, you know, for it. Right. But it was just so like, wow, this is what my story has done me sharing has done, you know what I mean? But but I realized just as me holding it in for that long of a time, like there's so many people that that hold in a secret like that. You know what I mean? Like best friends from college were reaching out to me like, I never knew you experienced that. And they did it. They did not. No one ever knew. They were like meeting you. You never know that you experienced that because yeah, you suppressed it so much to the point where it, it became a norm yeah you know? it did. nine nine years is a long time yeah it, it just became like a part of me you know what i mean like it just became a part of me it's just what i carried you know what i mean like you know you there's a saying like people carry so much baggage it was just so much that i was just used to carrying 
And so I just got used to the load. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Like I said, your your story truly has not only touched other women, but like I said, whoever watched this video and listened on my show, they'll be touched. I appreciate that. I, do. I just want to encourage women and men, uh, children. I just want to encourage everyone because, you know, everyone and anyone can be a victim of abuse. Yes. Yes. Both men yes. and women suffer um, and grieve the loss of a child, whether it's a, a child that you were not able to raise or a child that you were able to raise, yeah. you know, that's been in your life for some time, you know, grief is grief. It doesn't even yeah. necessarily have to be a child, but, but I do, I want to encourage them to just pray through it, pray through it. Even when you don't, you know, we find ourselves sometimes praying for God to bless us and praying and, and, and thanking him in the good times. But it's those bad times that you mm -hmm. really need to like lean in. Yep. Even when things are not going your way, you know what Trust I mean? the process. Trust, Trust the process. The process. Yes. Trust the process. You have to pray through that thing. Because if you give up, like you, you can't give, you have to work with God. Mm -hmm. You have to work with God. Like God, don't allow God to do all of the work. You have to work with God. That's right. And it will be so much better on the other side. You just have to keep the faith and pray through that thing. That's the only thing that got me through everything that I've experienced is just faith and prayer. Mm. Faith mm -hmm. and prayer. Faith and prayer. Faith and prayer. Faith and prayer. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I do. Oh. I love these types of conversations where, where you mm. guys let me lead and you got, well, you guys follow, you know, my lead and, and, and kind of, you know, go based off of what I'm sharing instead of, you know, there's interviews where you'll get on and, and they'll be like, well, tell me about this. And then I'll answer the question. Okay. Tell me about this. And then I'll answer the question, but it's like, they're not really listening to what I'm saying. Cause you're, right. just, you're just going to a whole nother question. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so. I love these real conversations. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's why that's why I say I said that this is not an interview. I tell it to whoever come on. I say it's a conversation. It's a conversation. Like right. I love, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's that real talk. Real talk. I love it. I do. Yeah. I love that. Like in in any any time. Like I'm here. I'm here for the conversation. Because mm -hmm. as you can see, your girl can converse. I can talk. <laughs> Ah, ah, ah. Wow. I enjoy I enjoyed this conversation. My Me goodness. too. And, and you wouldn't believe we've we've been talking for an hour, you know? Time just Time flies when you're having fun. Woo! My goodness. <laughs> I definitely have to have you back. Absolutely. On I the overtime show. This has been awesome. But I, I do want to dig more into your uh your music, but I don't want to take up you know, any more in your time. So I'm going to have you back on the show. Cause I saw that you was working with my man, uh, Derek Minor. Yes. Derek. Mm. So Derek, really quick. I told you, I can talk, baby. I can tell you. <laughs> baby, how much time, next time you tell me how much time I got, I can take him some time. Okay. <laughs> Derek. So Derek and his wife, his wife is my childhood friend. She's actually my college roommate. And so I would, wow. I would write and sing, Derek hook, Derek's hooks in college. 
Really? Yes, when he was prodigal son and went by D. Yeah. We go back, baby. We go all the way back. Wow, small world. Small world. And so um, I ran into Derek at, at one of the shows that I was doing in Nashville. And he was like, Nat, I've been telling you to hit me up. Like, you need some hit me up. But I'm one of those people, like, I don't want to hit you up and bother you about music. Like, you know what I mean? When right. I'm like, I know I have to, like, earn my way and like earn my stripes and you know mm. what I mean? Like I don't have to work my way and show people that I'm willing to work and and n- not to say I'm not looking for any handouts because I'm not looking for any handouts. Like I want you to give me advice and tell me the do's and don'ts. I was like, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to like impede or impose, you know what I mean? He's like, I promise you, you know, like just hit me up, hit me up. He's been telling me that and I have not <laughs> hit him up about music stuff. Like I just I just have it. Like I'll send him like songs and be like, "What you think? What you think?" He'd be like, "Sis, like sis, this is lit. This is fire. This is fire." You know what I mean? But um, but I do. Like I, I, I'm trying not to mix business with pleasure with me with me and 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 yeah, I, you know I, what I mean? I, I, yeah, I understand is, it. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. trying not to do that. Um, because I don't like I wanted to just still be like family, like mm-hmm. seriously. And he was like, Man, the growth. And I was like, Yes, you better not ever tell my business on what I was doing <laughs> in college. <laughs> <laughs> and we just Love it. laugh. We mm-hmm. laugh. We laugh. Yes, I remember singing in the closet, singing those hooks, and hearing all those padding and the blanket and the foam. And I'm like, Oh, that's definitely old school there. Oh, school. Oh, school. But yeah, that's the fam right there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, I, I definitely have to have you back on. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know, totally. like I said, this is your, that's between your five and one o'clock. So <laughs> I know you got things to do. You know? <laughs> but I really, really appreciate you Absolutely. taking time out to rock with me on the, uh, the wish of overtime. I'm working with you always, fam. Thank your husband and for, you know, allowing you to have that time to sit down and talk with me. I will, most definitely. But I look forward to coming back so we can talk. Oh, yeah. No doubt. We're going to have you on. We're going to have you on. So before we go, let the people know how they can get a hold of you, how to get a hold of your music, your books, all that information. And, of course, I'm going to be putting it on my website as well, so. Okay, perfect. So my website is www.nataliejeansjeans.com. Again, that's www.nataliejeans.com. Follow me on Instagram at Natalie J Music. Again, that is Natalie J Music. Also follow my artist page on Facebook. It is Natalie Jeans, J-A-N-S, like blue jeans. Natalie Jeans, gospel artist on Facebook. And then you can download, stream, purchase, Listen to my music. Play it on your playlist. Put it on repeat. Apple, Deezer, Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, all of it. Download it. Stream it. Go support your girl. Love you guys. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it. <laughs> Once again, give it up for my sister in Christ, Miss Natalie J. Thank you, my sister. You too. Like I said, it could be on the Wiz show. Like my sister Natalie was on, you can rock with me for a conversation. All you got to do is hit me up on my email at djwizkid at gmail.com. That's djwizkid. You see that banner going across at the bottom? Right there. djwizkid at gmail.com. Hit me up. Until the next time, be blessed. Keep guiding all. 
that you do. And always remember, if God is for you, who can be against you? Merry Christmas. And I catch you on the rebound. This is the Wiz Show Overtime. I'm your man, DJ Wiz. Peace out.